Hi guys, KO here. Welcome to Tumor and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive radical social evolution. I'm so excited today. It's about to be 2022, or if you're listening to this, it probably is 2022. I have fitness family in the house, and we are going to be talking about gaining in this new year versus losing. I'm welcoming Steve Najib to the TNT mic. He's a native of Eastern Pennsylvania. He earned his undergraduate degree in athletic training from University of Pittsburgh, and after competing his internship with the Pittsburgh Pirates, his passion for sports and sports medicine only grew deeper. He has been a Boy Scout. He's worked with the amateur sports situation, the collegiate, the professional, and we really talk about through lines of aligning the physical and the mental game instead of taking away, maybe adding in, shifting the perspective, human connection, and basically just working to live a better life as an individual and in turn influencing and inspiring the community around us. We go in the deep around vulnerability. We kind of cover it all. So if you're looking to make a change and a shift in 2022 as an athlete, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, or just as a civilian human being, this is a phenomenal conversation to widen our perspectives and lean in to all that's going right in our world so we can kick off this new year right. Enjoy this conversation. Steve, I really appreciate the time and energy and all the perspective shared in this conversation. Go check these guys out. Have a great day and don't forget to check us out on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast. Cheers. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I'm super excited. It's the end of 2021. We're jumping into 2022. Everyone is going to be focusing on losses, losing weight, figuring it out, whatever. On this podcast, in this conversation, I want to focus on gains, gaining balance, gaining perspective. Um, I am going to bring in fitness fam, health and wellness, uh, OG, and hailing from Denver Sports Recovery. They were one of my first clients when I first started KO Alliance. So we have deep family-rooted history here. Uh, I'm going to introduce Steve. I'm actually going to give the full bio because his his whole bio is so apropos for our whole conversation today. I want to go the full length and then I'm going to let him uh, kind of introduce himself. And we're going to just talk about health and wellness, the balance of the mental and the physical and how we can really jump into 2022 in really positive, good, healthy, excited space. Um, so without further ado, Steve, welcome to Tumor Kentucky. Thank you so, so, so much for having me. I will admit right off the bat, this is my first podcast recording, so hopefully um, I don't mess up too many times, but um, no, again, from, you know, I'm super, super grateful to be on here and gracious for you to have, you know, have me on, like you said, deep family roots, and uh, I love talking all things health and wellness, so hopefully uh, I can give the, the crowd some gems and pearls of wisdom today. I have full faith and I love my first time casters. It's going to be awesome. Here is your, your full bio. And usually I don't do the full bio, but again, I think yours is, it really explains um, your background and then we'll jump right in. But Steve is a native Eastern Pennsylvanian. He earned his undergraduate degree in athletic training from the University of Pittsburgh. After completing an internship with the Pittsburgh Pirates, his passion for sports and sports medicine only grew deeper. His love for outdoors stemming his love for the outdoors stemming from his participation in the Boy Scouts led him across the country to explore, hike, and continue his education at the University of Oregon. There he earned a master's degree in human psych- physiology, uh, psychology, physiology. We're here. Remember, <laughs> this is, this is, I'm the, I'm the best reader. This is why we're strong. Physiology while serving the Ducks program, uh, football program. Steve's diverse work experience has included collegiate athletics uh, at Gonzaga University, professional athletics with the NBA Developmental Academy, and amateur athletics as a personal trainer. Steve likes to combine skills from both his ATC and CSCS credentials because he truly believes that movement is medicine. When he's not nerding out on work, you can find Steve reading a good book, cooking a tasty meal, or watching stand up comedy. So, Steve, you, I, I love that you've done the professional, uh, the collegiate, the amateur, you're a cook, you're here for comedy, like we're covering all the bases. Uh, but to give us a little bit, I, I always love to hear the human behind the mission first. So give us a little information about young Steve before we get all the intentional decisions as we grow up. Uh, uh okay. Young, <laughs> this is young, I promise. Um, at least I still feel like I try to stay as young as possible all the time. Um, young Steve, yeah, I grew up in Philly. Um, I was a city city slicker through and through growing up, playing basketball at the local park um, as much as I could. 
and grew up an Eagles fan, Phillies fan, Flyers, Sixers, all the, all the Philly sports. Um, it was kind of funny. So I'm first generation. Both my parents uh, were born and raised in Cairo, Egypt. And when they immigrated in like the 70s or 80s before they had us, I think they really tried to assimilate to that American lifestyle. So I grew up with nothing, nothing but sports and American culture. Um, and that kind of just propelled me into wrestling and playing football all throughout my childhood. And kind of my how, and it's a long, long, long story I won't get into, but kind of how I fell into sports medicine was mixing the two things I loved the most. I was a math science geek growing up in school. Um, I was the, the nerd on the football team and on the wrestling team. So when I got to college, this thing called sports medicine, I was like, wait a second, I love sports and I'm so you're telling me I can mix the two and make a career out of it? Um, and that's kind of long story short. Everyone in my family wanted me to be a doctor. I was like, ah, I can't do that. Uh, but I can get pretty close and maybe uh, affect even more lives with, with what we're doing here. Yes. Um, I didn't even know um, that you were Egyptian. Do you know Hoda Kapi, right? One of my favorite humans ever. Uh, is that the... Uh, <laughs> yeah. On, on the Today Show. Yeah. Today, I was going to say Good Morning America, but I knew that was wrong. Yeah, yeah it, it's. I mean, it's it's all good. Yeah, she's. I feel like she's like one of the biggest brand ambassadors for Egypt. Um, but her family story and everything was super incredible. So I didn't even know that. But that's that's amazing. Were your parents um athletic or anything growing up, or was that like in nope. your blood in general? Nope, absolutely not. We grew up watching soccer on TV and in different languages. But um, no, I think my I have two older brothers and a little sister. And I think it just started from the oldest sibling, and the rest of us kind of fell into that sports gene. Um, as long as we got our schoolwork done, don't get it twisted. We're still yes. very much, uh, children of immigrants who put school first, but, uh, uh, making sports a priority, I think was good for us, uh, developmentally. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I, I love that you had a turmeric and tequila balance kind of early on of combining these worlds that seem mutually exclusive, but in reality, they really do fit so well together. And I, first of all, I couldn't agree more that you are uh, very much a doctor, what you guys do in any of these, if anyone's not familiar with like recovery centers, I know it sounds like an alcohol thing. It's not at all. It's um, where you can go if you're training and it's really leaned into the mental now, but mostly physical, like chiropractic work, STEM, Shopping, um, PT, like anything around kind of like physical recovery. And I know you guys even branched into like the, some of the neurosciences around things, but we'll save that for another podcast. But it's really about addressing some physical issues before you even have to get to like some of the surgical routes or recovering from surgery. They're really high-end uh, trend-setting awesome things you can do for your body that in turn impact your mind that I, I can actually... I would say you guys save us from maybe going to the doctors. In addition, you guys are part-time therapists because I've spent hours in there coming off training and you guys kind of see us <laughs> at our worst. Like we're tired, we're hungry, we're crabby, we could be injured. And you guys have to not only take care of our bodies, but you usually get an earful of what's going on or have to just pick up our post-workout vibes. Um, so you are very much doctors in my mind. Oh, I appreciate that. No, that's exactly right. I, think, uh, I try to tell people when I first meet them is, uh, before you have to come to us in a reactive manner, try to be proactive and, and get in and use the recovery as a, as a proactive solution to hopefully avoid some sort of surgery um, or, you know, having to go see an MD or a DO in the long run. Um, I think trying, and I know that's kind of been this health trend that, that we even at the governmental level, um, we're trying to move to towards like what they would call preventative care. Um, I just call it being proactive, you know, yes. if you, be proactive before you're reactive um, in your health. I think that's going to be good. One of the coolest things I read recently actually was make your food your medicine before your medicine becomes your food. Um, yes. And it just made me think a lot. I think it goes along with um, the health benefits of both turmeric and tequila. I think they're equally healthy. So, <laughs> <and> <laughs> Well, exactly. The thing is the true truth, the balance is there's no ever real complete balance. Like you have to, I'm ironically a Libra as well. So the scales are my sign and they're, they're never totally even, but just kind of juggling it and keeping it as even as possible is the key. But that proactive approach, I've learned this the hard way being an athlete and through fitness is if you overtrain, like you think you're doing more is more then you're injured and you're tired. If you overeat or don't eat enough, then you, you can't be productive in the gym or even proactive about your recovery. Like there's so many things that like, you have to just kind of see what really actually works for you. And I think this is, a growing, like you just said, conversation as society evolves and we get pressure because, you know, food is 
we're understanding the effects of it. The, the insurance is so outrageously expensive. We're, we're starting to being forced to be proactive about these things and really understand how a balanced approach and maybe not making massive changes, but making small changes and figuring out what works for you is really the key. In your experience, you know, coming, having this incredible um, amount of experience in, you know, the amateur collegiate and professional space and working with all different level athletes and humans, um, have you seen that mental conversation continue to rise as you're working alongside the physical situation? For sure. For sure. Mind, body, body, mind um, all the time. I do appreciate the work, specifically the NBA, but I think across all four or five major major uh, sport leagues that we that are at least have a foothold in the U.S. Um, I think all five of them are doing really well at trying to make mental health a priority, and they're talking about it. Um, I'm blanking on the guy's name who really kind of opened it up. Uh, we used to play for the Cavaliers. Kevin Love did a really yeah. good. Job. Came out with a piece probably a handful of years ago. And I think it's just kind of snowballed from there, which has been really, really good. Um, there's so many things I want to say, but yeah, like long answer short, absolutely mind, body, body, mind. There's a term I learned taking a psychology class in college that's escaping me now, but something to to like effect of like the horizontal effect. As soon as somebody's laying horizontally on a bed, they're more, you know, they feel more vulnerable. They they're more willing to share. And we, we get that all the time. I am by no means a psychologist or a, or a, a psychiatrist. Definitely went to school for physiology. But um, everything we do here, there's some sort of mental component. And I think that was kind of what one of my first experiences in school was when I was working at Pitt um, with the football team. One of my mentors joked around. He said, just remember, if you're going to if you're going to be in this career for the next 20, 30 years, you got to always remember your your best day. And by that, he meant kind of your busiest day. Not necessarily, we weren't celebrating injuries, but mm -hmm. your best day or when you're called upon is always, always, always going to be somebody's worst day. Mm -hmm. um, you're never being called upon because someone scored a touchdown. You're, and I use football just because that's like where my, most of my experience has been. You're going to run onto the field when someone has, uh, you know, a heartbreaking their uh, season-ending injury, right? You're going to be out there when there's questions to be asked, right? So just always remember that your worst day is going to be, or your best is going to be someone else's worst day. And that's going to help so much with the psychology. I mean, we, there's so much research happening with, you know, uh, somosomatic and mind body connection with chronic pain coming out that, that it is real. And you kind of, you alluded to it. We're doing a little bit here and with our partners down the street um, to try to figure out what the, what the key is to cracking that code and getting people out of pain. But sometimes like, talking about physical pain can actually make the physical pain go away and it's again it's just amazing what we've been able to see over the years uh, I, yes and as you said it, it's such a larger conversation i just love how it is becoming more and more mainstream and um i know when you guys had neuroperformance um which is like neurofeedback and like brain studies and kind of connecting, like literally connecting your brain with your body and uh, unpacking that. The conversation started at like, how do we get better at catching the ball and like um, hand-eye coordination to like, wait, now this can be used for ADHD or um, more mental conversations. And I mean, it's just such a huge thing or even as simply as like, acknowledging pain, talking about it and watching your mind body connect and like how that can not only solve it, but you can understand maybe it's causing it. I've so had to learn the hard way when like stress. Um, it, it, thankfully my work has kind of drugged me through things that I don't think I would have been exposed to otherwise, like blood testing and understanding that, you know, my liver is popping up and it's probably because I'm angry. Like I'm in a situation where something's going on and I've had to spend a lot of time and money figuring this out to like, your body is usually showing you something. Uh, but some I really do want to touch on in this conversation too mainstream even if you're not a health or wellness human professional athlete competitor the the idea of being aware of your body and understanding that maybe it's not that you're overtraining maybe it is an emotional response um that something is you know your your liver's flaring or your headaches are happening um but it's something else that's going on maybe it's not even pain from an injury have you had or done i don't know if you're intuitive all or big into energies or reiki or anything like that but have you brought some of that mental conversation into your practice for physical conversations all the time all the yeah. time um i gotta start taking notes because i got so many things i want to i want to chat with you about um the, yeah, long answer short, absolutely. I just remember there's one one patient I had, honestly, not too long ago, and I can come up with a million examples, but the most recent one was someone came in with hip pain, 
and we were talking about um, his kind of journey through his hip pain and how many therapists and providers and chiropractors and physicians that this gentleman had been to. And I was like, you know, can you imagine your life without hip pain? And without hesitation, he said, no. And I was like, do you want to imagine your life without hip pain? And long story short, through about like 10 or 15 minutes of talking to him, he hip pain was kind of like a conversation starter for him almost. And like, it's almost how he identified himself, mm -hmm. right? Like identify ourselves through race, through ethnicity, through gender, sexual orientation. There's so many ways we identify ourselves now. I think pain is becoming something that people are recognizing as an identifying factor for good or bad, who knows, right? But I think it, you know, our first 45 minute session was literally just us talking. And he came in the next day, I didn't touch him. We didn't prescribe a single exercise. All we did was write out a roadmap. We wrote out some goals and he came in the next day. He's like, hey, I noticed my hip hasn't been hurting as much lately. And that was just the, that was the first step. Yeah, and to your point, I think there, and I'm, we can touch on this probably more, you know, throughout the entire conversation, but um, everyone talks about losing weight for the year, right? Or I want to cut this out. I want to cut that out. Um, obviously, based on the name of your podcast, we're not cutting out any sort of good drinks, I hope. Um, Balance. I think I used to do, you know, I'm by no means a registered dietitian, but I used to do a little bit of like nutrition consulting for friends and family and, and people who, who just wanted to pick my brain. And one thing I picked up in giving nutritional advice was because everyone would be like, ah, and they would come in right off the bat. Ah, you're going to tell me to give up ice cream and cookies. I know. Or you're going to tell me to give up sugar or alcohol. I know. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You came to me. I'm yeah. not going to tell you to give up anything. I actually do the exact opposite. Let's add something in, you know, because nine times out of 10, if you're going to be eating a lot of sugar and candy, there's, there's only so much room, right? There's only so much room on your plate. There's only so much room in your stomach. What if we just added a vegetable? And by doing that, we're not taking things away that people have, like, ident again, identified um, with over the years, um, things that people love. We're just adding in. And naturally, what people found over the course of, you know, days to weeks to months is actually that, like, carrot wasn't so bad. Let's add in two. Let's add in three. And then you start to see this thing where it's like the carrots are not carrots, a dumb example. I don't want carrots, but carrots are going to start <laughs> pushing the cookies off the plate naturally. And you never feel like you ever gave anything up. All you did was add something in. I do the same thing with rehab, right? People come in, you know, this morning, someone was like, you know, chronic back pain. I feel for the guy. I'm empathetic and sympathetic. And he's like, all right, do I have to stop going to the gym? And I was like, no. Please, like, go to the gym more. Like, please keep working out. Just add in these four exercises. Add in these, you know, three stretches and see what happens. And nine times out of ten, just adding in a different warm-up or a corrective exercise, you never have to take anything away. And I think that's the beauty. And that's why I love the way you introduced this. Is like, let's stop talking about things we have to lose and give up and start talking about things that are going to that are gonna fill us up. Because every day we empty our bucket, right? We, yeah. we wake up every morning with a full bucket, whether that's water, sand, rice, whatever, whatever parable or, or philosopher you want to follow. And we have 24 hours to empty it. Well, I just try to, you know, all everything we do here is just trying to fill someone's bucket back up so they have more to go around. So well said. It's, and again, I'm very much a human has to learn the hard way and I'm more of like a creative artist. And so structure is kind of like my kryptonite. I'm here for it a little bit, but I kind of, especially as you get older, you kind of figure out your own systems. Um, but you know, gaining that perspective, you can actually lose weight and you can just shift the way your mindset works around something. And I love the, the idea and the basis of adding in versus taking away, because again, you're kind of like alleviating that resistance right away. And it's not just what you're consuming. Like if you really know your body, like cortisol levels can go up that and cause you to gain weight and then stress levels. And there's, it is such a larger conversation, but simplifying it, if we can just shift our perspective on things and maybe just look at it a little bit different and, and 
kind of alleviate the resistance in general, more mentally than physically, usually I think then we can grasp on to some sort of change, evolution, idea, thought, learning, um, and realize that maybe it's not that bad. And in fact, you might actually like it. We might embrace this. This might move us in the right direction without us thinking we have to do that because it's what we're supposed to do. Um, you know, I, I feel like American culture is catching up in that. Like you look at deep um, philosophy, like I always talk about OG philosophy, kind of to live is to suffer, but you have to unpack your emotions and figure out the balance. Um, deep Asian cultures, you know, teas and needling and all these things. And it's very like mindfulness. America is a late to the game on some of this. Well, I don't know Egyptian culture really at all. Is this, was this in your household by chance? Like, was this in your blood or mindset early on? Uh, not, not a ton. I don't think culturally, uh, I would say, I don't know if my parents would agree with this. I would say <laughs> from what I've seen, at least with my generation of Egyptians, uh, we're very much like a work hard, play hard. Okay. Um, yeah, no, it, it's, it, it's fitting for, for what I do specifically for a living. But, um, I think, you know, far East culture, even throughout some of Europe, uh, you know, like I, my brother lived in Spain for a while and he loved most of Spain is on four day work weeks. Yeah. They don't in their week, they don't sacrifice anything. They just work four, take three off. And every day around 1 PM, they have a siesta and the entire town, um, he was living in a town right outside of Madrid. And then our entire town shut down. I think Far East cultures um, throughout Asia are all about like just reflecting, right? Like yeah. not necessarily taking a nap in the middle of the day, but maybe starting your day a little later. Not so you have to, because I think so much, and this is just my personal opinion, but so take it with a grain of salt. But so many things that I'm reading lately are like, wake up 15 minutes earlier so you can meditate or so you can journal or so you can read a book. And my two two really good friends that who both lived in Japan for a while said that their training and everything that they were doing started later in the day. It started at 11 a.m., 10 a.m. versus like 6 or 7 is what we're used to because their coaches wanted them to continue to meditate and take that time to journal things. But as soon as you tell someone that they have to – and it goes back to taking something away, right? Mm -hmm. You take away somebody's sleep. All of a sudden, it becomes a chore, right? They have to wake up earlier in order to meditate. That's not going to be relaxing at all. I think these Eastern cultures see that, you know, your body intuitively knows what it needs. Let it wake up when it needs to. Let it, and I'm not telling people to sleep until noon. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. But you know, instead of these things that we're trying to add in, like vegetables and time in the morning and recovery and trying to be proactive, instead of viewing it as a chore where you have to give something else up, added in as something that you get to do versus I do, I use that term a lot, right? Like this is something that you get to do, not something that you have to do. And it's easy at DSR. I can be like, you get to go sit in a hot tub. Like it's, yeah. a, it's a pretty easy set. Like the cold tub is a little different, but I was going to say, how do you PR that one? Yeah. Um, you know, I just say you're going to feel better after, I guess. <laughs> no, the, uh, I think there's been some trends that have made cold therapy a lot easier to pill for people to swallow. And I've started doing it myself, honestly, uh, three or four times a week, just 10 minutes in the cold tub. And, you know, I've noticed my own, my own self feeling so much better. So, um, and I, I think it was a mindset thing for me, right? I get to work in this place. I'm here every day. I get to do that. It's not something that I have to do. Um, and I think that's really helped put the paradigm for me. Excellent pro tip. Self-talk is everything because, you know, what we're saying is what we're processing in our brains. And there's all these deep, you know, human optimization performance things you can do and diets and stuff. But truthfully, if you're just, you know, civilian human, it's not super in health and wellness and fitness, like super simple thing we all need to do is be conscious of our self-talk. And it sounds a little cliche at this point, but I think that's just such an amazing step one of really acknowledging how we're talking to ourselves, how we're processing, you know, our diets, our food, the cold tub. I'm so here for Wim Hof and all the things around cold water studies. I, I think it started at DSR, but, um, shout out to Marsha. I have an above ground pool that I literally leave in my yard all year round. It's so, uh, obnoxiously unacceptable probably for the rest of my neighbors. It's a nice one, but still it's the most, but I, I try and get in it all year and I have a hot tub. So I do hot tub, cold tub, and I look like a total weirdo, but I'm with you. I so believe that it works. And at, the more I did it and the more I was like, this works so much, it's miserable every time, but I know how beneficial it is. So I, I don't resist. I just get in, you don't think about it. And my mind has become 
okay with it. Um, and this, it wasn't conscious, but if you can kind of take that skill set, like you're saying, and apply it to other things, it really does work. Uh, I'm, I'm curious when, you know, with all the training and everything, when did this sort of like mental conversation enter into your practice? Cause this is still kind of, you know, trendy and, and cutting edge and it's still kind of new. Uh, yeah. Do you mean for me personally? Or yeah. For like when did it sort of trickle into your world or you're like, you know, we really got to unpack the mental or, or so when did it naturally come up in your, you know, professional conversations, maybe even unknowingly? Um, so professionally, I think the conversations have happened a lot more frequently after, um, certain pro athletes have spoken out. So I okay. think that, that has made it a lot easier. And I think just in the, honestly, moving to Denver, I noticed, you know, I moved to Denver a little over two years ago and I was living in Eastern Washington. I was working at Gonzaga right before here and yeah, culturally polar opposites is what it felt like sometimes. And, okay. you know, I love Spokane. I love living there, but it, I lived in Eugene two years before that. And I felt like Denver and Eugene were a bit more similar in that people were, were more willing to talk. So I think, Professionally, it's twofold. One is where you know where you're located, but two, I think again, uh, you know, celebrities have come out. You know, I'm not a huge pop culture person. I probably can't, you know, the star cast of any movie ever. Um, but I do appreciate people using their platform, and I think celebrities Absolutely. and uh, pro athletes have done that. For me personally. Um, I had a mentor and he'll probably never listen to this, but maybe I'll text him after and tell him, but his name is Rob Blank. He, uh, he's in the NATA, the national athletic training hall of fame. And I'll never forget. I was kind of having a rough day. Um, and I could, I don't know if I should tell a story about the athlete who was also having a rough day, but basically after all was said and done, Rob, um, okay. So here's the story. This, <laughs> this linebacker comes in, who's actually currently in the NFL right now. Um, he plays for a team that'll probably make the playoffs. He walks in and he just sits down and he just, just starts crying. Just like, you know, this 250 pounds, six foot six giant human being who is an all American linebacker at a D one university just starts crying. And I, and I happen to be sitting in the, in the room, Rob sitting at his desk. There's a cow, very therapeutic looking couch <laughs> in the office. And, um, uh, I went to go get up to leave the room because I was like, okay, obviously he's not here to talk to the intern. He's here to talk to Rob, the head honcho. And Rob goes, no, 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 Steve, close the door and stay. And looking back, I know exactly what he was doing. It was a teaching moment for me. But but this kid, you know, he was he was in his fifth year of school. He was a father of a young child, just going through it. Finals were coming up. He was looking to get drafted, but was kind of on the cusp. Ended up getting drafted late, uh, I think like fourth or fifth round but just started, just started balling. And 45 minutes later, long story short, you know, Rob dropped some words of wisdom. The young athlete left the room, you know, not in tears anymore. And Rob just looked at me and was like, everyone's going through something. And I think that's another kind of cliche thing that we've heard be thrown around, but um, he was like, everyone's going through something. An hour later, we're on the field and this kid is laying out running backs. Like it's his job, right? Like he is the most macho man on the field. Um, but I think that was the turning point for me. And I'm lucky that it happened really young in my career. Um, but seeing this person who's supposed to, right. And like, if you're not watching this, the word's supposed to be right. In, in air quotes, um, he's supposed to be this, this leader, this tough leader who is supposed to have it all figured out, um, at that level of, of athleticism and sport. And he didn't. And he actually said the athletic training room, I don't know, uh, KF, you played college sports, but mm -hmm. uh, college athletes love the athletic training room. And he, <laughs> after that conversation, he was like, you know, this place is like the embassy. It's always safe in here to kind of do whatever you need, right? You, you got to watch your mouth in the coaches' offices and, you know, the locker room, you never know who's around. But the athletic training room was, at least at that place, it felt like a very, very safe space. And, um, yeah, every, everyone's going through something. And from then on, it didn't matter, you know, how big the offensive lineman was or how little the running back was that I was working with. There was always, always a chance that, you know, they had something going on off or on the field. And um, that, you know, that was a huge factor in considering when you were e even evaling physical injuries, right? Somebody walks in at 6.30 in the morning, we got practice in an hour, and all of a sudden their back hurts. Well, they have no history of back pain. It was our job as the athletic training staff to 
to, 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 you know, to kind of figure out, does their back hurt or are they just not up to it today? And I think coaches around the country at every level on every sport, I mean, we saw Simone Biles the, last year in the Olympics. Like, I think coaches are becoming more okay with players taking the day off, even if they're not. You know, it used to be like, oh, if you can walk, you can practice, right? I, mm -hmm. I coach say that as, you know, as recently as 2016. If you walked in here, you're running practice today. Um, and I think it's becoming more and more uh, acceptable to, to take that day, especially if you want them to play on, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever it is during the week. Um, it might be worth that. And I think sports science, coaches are hard to deal with. Um, because they, <laughs> they need tangible things. And yeah. uh, so I think sports science is helping that with recovery days and, and things like that. And they're helping us too. I think a lot of scientists coming out showing, like we were talking about Wim Hof, hot tub, cold tub, um, adding in again, not taking away, but adding in a little bit of recovery, adding in Normatex, adding in STEM, adding in cryo. Now you might not see the benefits later because you're not going to increase your performance. You know, we're all performance driven, right? You might not increase your performance if you're just kind of a weekend warrior who likes to go on runs. But I always kind of remind people, you know, what about that injury that you didn't know was going to happen? right, that you may have avoided. It's it's the little victories when it comes to kind of doing, you know, self-care and self-talk and, and recovery um, that you don't necessarily see day to day, but that are, that you kind of have to trust are there. Thank you so much for sharing that story because I think that really um, hit it home and how beautiful for your mentor to be so aware and and recognize that teaching moment. I so KO Alliance we do we specialize in strategic partnership sponsorships, but a lot about is brand ambassadors and influencers, and that's very that word is like a bad word at this point because it's just gotten so much connotation. But the point is, and what we do is we create mutually beneficial relationships for the long term because I recognize how powerful you influencers that could be your mentor, your teacher, your father, someone at DSR, someone just that you passing in the street how these little moments can entirely shift your trajectory. And it's in our responsibility as professionals, as leaders, as coaches, as parents, whatever, um, to recognize our responsibility within that and how our actions can, I think it's a lot of times associated with something negative, but really positively change somebody's life. So your mentor in that point is, is this is why I get so excited about influencers and like us kind of turning this corner of like recognizing the powers of how influencers can be positive, change your trajectory and really put you miles and years ahead within the mental conversation. Even if it wasn't fully digestible at the time, you saw that power shift and how big of a deal it is to recognize a human being as a human. And I even have this conversation with businesses, like your employees, these are human beings. Like we have to like humanize the brand and understand what it is. And I don't want it to sound all businessy, but in that moment, did you feel like this intense, um, sense of power or responsibility, or was there like an internal shift in you, like understanding how bigger of a conversation what you do now is? I think so. Yeah. Uh, maybe not in the moment when the athlete was in the room, but uh, <laughs> you know what's funny as you were talking, I was thinking if, if Rob does ever listen to this, or if I go back and tell him the story, he'll have no recollection of that day, sure. which is kind of the cool, you're kind of you, alluding or using the phrase, uh, everyday leader. That's that's kind of what that is. Like the beauty of it is that he just did what he knew was right for you know my own professional and, and even personal development, uh, and he probably has no recollection of it. I don't think in the moment, just listening to that athlete speak, I don't think I, nothing changed for me there. But definitely the conversation him and I had afterwards. Uh, I mean, I was young, I was like eighteen at the time. Uh, I think the conversation I had afterwards it allowed me to realize the, the gravity of the situation and then seeing how the rest of that day played out, right? Like me and that athlete made eye contact about 10 times that day at practice because he knew that I knew that he knew I was the only one that was in the room, you know, other than Rob, and it, it built this special bond. And mm -hmm. we never talked about it after that day, but I just noticed in passing, there was like the hello was a little bit more authentic, right? Like the the thanks for the random ankle tape that may have happened or the random ice bag or the random stretch that may have happened um, was a little bit, it was just they build that bond. And that is the kind of cool part about working in that traditional college or professional setting um, that I was actually scared I was going to lose when I came to the kind of what I call the private sector where we serve the general population. Um, you see the same faces every single day when you work mm -hmm. for a college professional team. Um, I was scared I was going to lose that, but actually 
it's it's here more than ever at DSR with that kind of recovery center. It's set up just like an athletic training room for a pro team um, here. People, you know, it's, and I always describe DSR as two sides of the same coin. On one side, we have kind of our equipment-based services. That's chiropractics, massage, acupuncture, dry needling. There's about 20 different appointments. You can, you can uh, cupping, scraping, everything you were talking about, cryo, um, that you can schedule. But on the other end of it, we have this kind of membership-based facility that people can, you know, get a monthly membership to and use the infrared sauna, the hot tub, the cold tub, the Normatex, on a walk-in basis, just like you would a gym or just like a pro athlete would in an athletic training room. And like I said, I was kind of scared I was going to lose that camaraderie. But, you know, we have a few hundred members here. We probably have about 100 who are, like, super, super regular. And... You know, I was just outside talking right before we, you know, started this podcast recording. We just talking to someone about, you know, what him and his fiance were doing. Well, now he proposed to his fiance yesterday mm. um, on her birthday. Like they did this huge thing. And, you know, I know just as much about his life that I would have known about like any athlete life that, you know, that I was working with. So we didn't lose the camaraderie. It's actually stronger here, I think, because we see the same faces every day. The biggest difference is people come to DSR because they want to, right? It's a choice. You, you please make it businessy if you want, because I think there's a, I think there's a lot of overlap. This is a business, right? Right. Athletes that I was working with in the kind of quote unquote traditional setting, um, college and professional sports, they're they're there because they, you know, they might be getting paid or on scholarship, but they're coming to to the athletic training staff, the coaching staff, the strength and conditioning staff, because that's it, right? They have to, right? They play on Team X, they have to go see the staff of Team X. Here, you know, we're one of many centers that have a lot of these these types of modalities. We're probably the most comprehensive, I would say, um, in the modalities we have to offer, but it's still a choice. And the fact that people keep coming back and and our regular members here is, is something pretty special. And, and it's, it's fun to watch develop and grow and, and help at least as much as I can help in, the, in that process. Amen. I, what you so eloquently kind of displayed is, you know, we're here to talk about consciously gaining in 2022 and finding that balance, um, showing up as the ambassador, the influencer, the coach, the leader, maybe the business owner, or maybe you're on the other side as the athlete, the employee, what have you, but to recognize that that reciprocity happens on both sides. You're there, you can provide service, what have you, but then you're amongst your fellow employees or, you know, what I really call my mission driven humans. And something I'm personally focusing on for my business, um, in 2022 is, creating these cultures and getting these mission-driven humans together. Because regardless of what side you're on, when you show up to work and you're fulfilled and you're amongst humans that understand you, that want to be there, that want to, you know, get better, do more, you know, and it doesn't have to be like, it's something about sports and like competitive, competitive or whatever. It could be about church or, um, you know, a stay at home mom and you're with your mom's group, but like, there's this like-mindedness and this mutually beneficial, um, energy and like respect and like human connection that happens that I think does get overlooked in business a lot. Like you show up, you work, it doesn't matter, but when you're showing up and you want to be there and you, you're, you feel purposeful and the culture, um, breeds that it, it, it changes the energy of the entire situation, business team, whatever. And I think that's just really such a conscious situation. Long-winded point. I, I just think it's so magical that because you do have that, you know, 15, 20, 25 minutes, 30 minutes to be with someone and work on their body physically, or even have a conversation, it's amazing. But that, you know, a chunk of time might be more of a human connection that they've had the entire day. Just a concentrated conversation with no cell phone, no nothing. We're just totally focused on speaking. What you guys get to do is pretty magical that it's the physical and the healing and all the expertise you bring to the table. And you get to have this really conscious conversation with multiple people throughout the day. And I think that actually, and the positivity that puts in people's lives in, in addition to yours, really, as cliche as it sounds, kind of moves our society in the right direction to slow us down, to pause, to understand. And we can't make these big leaps and bounds fast. But in these moments where we're connecting, I really believe that's that's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> can, can I just say yes? I yes. My, my, my very long-winded points. I, I just, I love in the uh, medical field, and especially at DSR, you, you get to have these moments of conversations where it just, it pauses you. And the vulnerability as an athlete, or, you know, even as a business owner or an employee that bleeds their business, you're so vulnerable in it. And the love of the game is such uh, an emotional relationship. So when something like that gets taken away, you lose your job, or it, especially when it's your health, you are in 
in such vulnerable space that there's so much there more to manage than the physical attributes and, and picking up and putting those mental pieces together is just such a great, um, it's a great thing to acknowledge because I think it will streamline that process to true recovery. And, and like you said, in having that cup full. So I hope anyone listening as they enter into the new year, they can really kind of pull back in any situation, maybe understand what's going on, the why, and maybe put pieces back together in a different way than they normally thought. Have you had people come in to see you um, where it was one thing and then actually it was something completely different and you kind of had to like navigate their perspective to like address something totally different? Every day. Every day. <laughs> I every day. So um, I'll try to hit on everything that you were just saying. I just had to process a little bit. Um, I don't know if you're familiar. I've read Brene Brown's work on vulnerability. You're using the word vulnerability. Uh, and she always talks about stepping into the arena and, you know, daring greatly and things like that, which is kind Man of in the arena is the best. Yes. Yeah. And I kind of want to know if Tom Brady like stole from Brene Brown a little uh, bit. Um, I, well, all of them, I mean, it's all kind of, if you haven't met a red man in the arena, Theodore Roosevelt, you need to, um, and I'm, yeah. I don't want to interrupt you here, but yes, all of it's kind of the same, but if you go read the original writings, it's basically like you, it's better to have like lost and failed and known that you've never been those that have never done anything. And basically mm -hmm. it's okay to get your ass kicked. Cause now you know you're alive and it's worth it. And that's what it's about, but I don't want to interrupt you. <laughs> That makes sense. No, that makes that makes me feel better that Tom Brady didn't steal it from her. Because that even reminded me, I think there's like a quote in Men in Black where uh, uh, Will Smith taught, what's the other guy's name? The other uh, men in black? Tom, I don't know. Oh my God, not Tom Jones. Um, but, oh my God. This is what I what need people to call in. But just just as you said, you're not into pop culture, you're nailing it right now. No, I, I'm trying to pull out all the, all the stops as I can. But um. No, better better to have tried something and failed, right? Than than never try. There's a million quotes and cliche things that we can say about that, but um, I think vulnerability is a really interesting word because I think, and I was actually I was actually talking to someone the other day. Isn't it interesting how, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, New Year's, whatever religion, whatever ethnicity you are, it's always interesting that all of these holidays fall within six weeks. Like, could we not spread it out a little? Like, it would be better for my digestive system. I wouldn't have to so much sugar and candy. Like, um, it would be better for for everything, in my opinion, because what I kind of want to get at is, I think the holidays and the new year intuitively make people feel more vulnerable, right? You're getting, I've seen more family in the last five weeks than I have in the five months prior to that, right? Like, I love my family, but, you know, the, the holidays- tequila. <laughs> Yeah, right? As long as you have tequila at the family gatherings, it's going to be okay. Uh, but I think vulnerability innately comes with this time of year. And I think being vulnerable is one way to, I think leaning into it and kind of being in that arena is one way to, to gain something. And we keep talking about focusing on the gains, not the losses this year. Um, you can gain self-confidence. You can gain perspective. You can gain kind of a trajectory of, of what you want to accomplish. And I'll be completely honest. I know we keep talking about the New Year. I am, for full disclosure, a hundred percent against New Year's resolutions. Okay, like, good. I, I am completely against them because I think, and this is even what I tell people. And now I'm getting transcendental. I'll come back in a second. But I tell people this with rehab. I'm like, there you go. Should I do this every day? Should I do it? Because I usually give between four and six things, whether they're stretches or corrective exercises. Every patient that I see throughout the day leaves with homework. And it's usually between four and six stretches or exercises. And all the time I'm like, how often should I do this? Every day, twice a day, three times a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This isn't, this isn't like drinking water. Like, this is going to be work. I would rather you do it three to four times a week and make this part of your life um, and do, you know, these exercises. And we're going to give you new exercises each week. Do this program for six months, 12 months, the rest of your life. Then trying to dive head first, make a New Year's resolution that this is the year that I'm going to be perfect. This is the year that I'm going to lose weight. This is the year that I'm going to read a book a month. And you go a day, you go a week, you go a month, and all of a sudden you're burnt out. And you're right back to where you were, you know, before the new year where you weren't reading a book. You weren't doing your corrective exercise. You weren't doing recovery. So I, I tell people, like, make, make realistic goals, but don't lean too hard into the goals. Um, and there was a cool quote. I have no idea where I read this or who, who I heard this from, but it was all about how to be more value oriented than more goal oriented. Because once you reach your goal, 
you're done, right? Like, oh, my hip feels better, right? I rehabbed out of that every day for a week. Well, chances are, and without diving too deep into the physiology of it, it's not better. You've just kind of masked some symptoms. We haven't actually fixed the root cause because, sorry, Rome wasn't built in a day. If you have 10 years of hip pain, you're not going to fix it in a week. I think that's the biggest thing I, I have to explain to people. Um, but being vulnerable, leaning into that, um, being more value-oriented, not goal-oriented. And then, honestly, this is kind of what I was getting at. at I don't make New Year's resolutions anymore not making it a big deal. I mean, it's so funny how many people say, oh, I'm going to get a membership on January 1st at DSR so I can do a cold tub every day. Those are the ones that fail. It's, it's the people that wake up one day and be like, yeah, I'm going to go try the cold tub today. Not Non-committal, right? Maybe this is just me because I have commitment issues. I have no idea. But, um, you know, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to try it. And, you know, I'll see what happens. And then nine times out of ten, there's a positive reaction. So they go again. And then there's another positive reaction. You get into this positive feedback loop and kind of what you were talking about, workspace environment, life environment, like like feedback loops and energy. It's so contagious. Like having a positive feedback loop or having positive energy when you're in your workspace is going to make, I guarantee is going to make everyone around you that much more positive. It's going to make your life better because all that shit is contagious. Um, and so just not hyping it up, I guess it's, is what I've learned. The, some of the best athletes I've ever worked with are the most like stoic people. And I think they come off as rude or, you know, I don't want to sign an autograph. Oh, that guy's rude. He doesn't care. It's like, it's just, just, I think in the last two years, the, what the world has gone through with, with COVID and with, you know, every, all the racial injustice that's been going on and, and just everything, right. From, a, from business to personal, everyone just relax. Yeah. We don't need a ton of resolutions. Just relax and it's going to be okay. Yes. Yes. I know. I, I love that that came out, you know, 15 minutes in that you hate resolutions, but perfectly serendipitous for this entire conversation because more isn't more. And it's a, kind of like our initial part of our um, intro is adding in and like shifting the perspective on how we approach anything and not taking out, making it this stringent, we got to do it and struggle. And uh, the idea of flow, and I continuously to work on this because I'm absolutely the masochist. The worse it tastes, the better it is for you. The harder it is, it breaks you, then it makes you stronger. Like letting go of that, my narrative is so hard and I'll probably have to do it forever. But getting mm-hmm. towards that flow state and understanding that that is actually a thing. It's not just shit we read that Brene said that we know that I've, it's like actually a thing. And I am big into like energy because like you just said, it, it all connects and it all flows. And, um, people, some people can call it the woo, but really it's physics. I mean, like energy can't be created or destroyed. You can get very scientific with it, how you present yourself and how you, and boundaries have been very big. So when you say someone's stoic of like, you don't always have to be the nicest and the most and whatever. Um, I think to protect some of that energy is also a piece of it. Uh, do you, do you talk about like the energy or anything? Does that come up in these conversations or as well with the clients or personal or yeah, I don't think not as much with clients. I think I'm in a unique position um, in the leadership role that I have here. I think it comes in conversation more with our team, like team of employees at DSR. Um, not to say that it couldn't come up with clients, but I think the more the kind of self-talk, self-care, recognizing that this isn't going to be an overnight fix. Um, you know, most clients hate working with me because okay. I. And the first thing I say is, are you ready to commit? Right? Are you ready to commit for the next six weeks? Right? Like, not be, not that I want you again, going back, I kind of already explained how I don't want people doing their corrective exercises, you know, every day of the week, but it's more of like, I'm just, I'm just a catalyst, not even a catalyst. I'm just here, right? I'm just a vessel of information. You're the one, like my appointments are quit, right? Here's what's wrong with you. Here's how you fix it. Good luck. It's kind of, it's kind of what I do in a nutshell. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to give you all the tools, but you're the one that has to do it. And I think that's, you know, what you were kind of saying. You can read a million books from Brene Brown. You can read, you know, you can watch a million things. You could know every TED talk in the world, but until you internalize it and kind of pick and choose what works for you. I think the reason why there's so many help self-help books and why there's so many self-help podcasts and quotes and cliches is that there's something for everyone. And I think knowing that, um, that it's not a one size fits all type thing is is super, super important to remember. 
Very well said. And I, you really nailed it because sometimes as we try and be intentional as coaches or leaders or what have you, I, I've really learned and this is why I love working with ambassadors or influencers or leaders or mission-driven humans. Sometimes it's not always what we're saying as I sit here on my own podcast, but it's how we walk through the world. Like our example of how we actually live or what we're actually doing, even embracing all the flaws and the messiness and the mistakes. I think the way we walk the world, there's so many more people watching and our young kiddos are so much more observant and aware and they understand and obviously their social media and we're quite literally watching more, but I, I really just to drive home that way you walk through the world. And I guarantee you as a leader it, it, at DSR, or even the way you walk through your life, I guarantee your actions of people, the way you eat, the way you walk in the room, all those things speak so much louder than what you say. And I, I would have to even disagree with you that your, their clients hate you. I, I get the the joke in it, but I think the mission-driven human. So what if I was walking and you're like, are you ready? I'd be like, oh, fucking A, this dude gets it. Like I'm here, like speaking my language. Like, yeah, are you ready to commit? And then I'd probably be like, oh shit, what do we have to do? What do I have to cut out? And I'd go down that path. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, you could probably, we could like dialogue what an appointment looks like. Probably work for to make everyone laugh, but it's, uh, it's fun. It's fun that I get to help people. Um, it's fun that DSR is here. Um, we're bringing what that pro athlete kind of recovery experience, sports medicine experience, we're bringing that to, to the everyday individual. Um, and we're doing it in a manner that's multidisciplined, um, but that also is inviting. And I think that's kind of, that's one of the best compliments I've gotten. I've been here a little over a year and, um, you know, every once in a while I get a, get a feedback note or someone on their way out says, you know, this, none of, nothing about this was intimidating, right? I walked in very intimidated with all the cool toys and the yeah. cryo, like the, we have, I think 11 offices in this building and, and they leave, they leave, you know, saying, Hey, I, you know, me and one of your employees are going to, you know, be on a fantasy football draft this year or hey i'll be in tomorrow and when they come in they're like you know i love when a client comes back and is like excited to tell me not that they're feeling better but that their you know daughter went back to college or that like their son got you know won his football game it's like and then also oh yeah i feel better by the way it's like that's that's probably my favorite part of the job I love it. At some point, you might be listening to a podcast of someone telling a story about you, of how you did something, or you had this teaching moment <laughs> years from now. And they'll be like, Steve, he's probably not listening to this, but this happened. And you, I mean, you never know how like it kind of ripples. So if you're listening and you're out there, whether you're health and wellness, fitness, not, if you've got a change you want to make and a campaign you want to address, something mental going on, um, I really encourage you to check out recovery centers like Denver Sports Recovery or Energy or anything that's maybe out of the box to address. Um, um, a goal, a problem, an issue in a, in a new and different way, because there's so many trending new modalities that big food, big pharma, big sales, big marketing, all of it is probably just selling you. And I, I, I just think that one right step in the right direction and changing your perspective is huge. Um, Steve, we can go on about so many things, but I really, before we wrap up, I really want to know having all this great experience exposed to all these amazing things, because I really do think when we address the mental and the physical, again, we see, start to see societal change, which is really what this is about uh, in a positive way. What are your goals for 2022? Or like, what would you personally like to see as a human, as a professional, as a leader? Uh, oh, those are two different and very good questions. Um, my goal, I'm, I'm about to be super vulnerable. I don't know if it's tea that I'm drinking or, or what, but um, I am going to start seeing a, I don't know what you would call them, a therapist, a counselor, um, not because there's any issues, but because I think it's super healthy and we do live in a high stress environment. And so I think my, my personal goal, that's kind of already set up. So I wouldn't say that's a goal, but I'm going to have my first appointment in kind of mid January with a, with a therapist. And my goal is to just continue to kind of improve my own mental health. And I want to see a lot in society happen, yeah. but uh, I want to see people get off their phones. I think that's what I want to see. Um, okay. again, I have a pretty unique perspective. You know, I'm at the table all the way. If you've ever been to DSR, it's a big room in the back that I work in. There's five tables, there's five chairs, and then there's a hot tub and a cold tub. So at any given point, if we're packed to capacity, I can pick my head up and see, you know, upwards of five, 10, you know, 15 to 19, 20 people. And I think all too, you know, we have music playing, we have TVs up on the wall, you know, some people are talking, but more times than not, unfortunately, I look up and 
you know, 90% of the people that I look up are all, you know, you could be, you could be two feet from someone on either side of you and all three people are on their phones. Um, And normally we're either stressing because we're checking email or stressing because we're scrolling Instagram and comparing ourselves to other people or we're waiting for, you know, someone to text us back, you know, right? Like I, I, I'll, I'll admit it, right? Like I'm always waiting for, not not now, but, uh, you know, I always felt like, oh, I hope that girl texts me back, like whatever. <laughs> um, and it's all stress-inducing, right? Um, how stress-inducing would it be if we, you know, you put that down, turn to the side and say, you know, hey, how are you today, right? Um, I think that comes off as creepy a lot um, in some, some, you know, environments in society, but I think the more we normalize it, the same way we normalize mental health, the same way we're, we're normalizing uh, conversations about racial injustice, um, we can normalize human interaction again. And I think COVID and the pandemic has challenged us in a way that has actually limited our human interaction. And I think it's actually made us a little worse at it. And what better time to, to kind of go back and enhance that or improve upon it when when it has been challenged in a negative way. I think human interaction has 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 been challenged, yeah, in a negative way um, through the pandemic. And I think um, you know you could again just using athletes as the example. You know, it's great to get injured sometimes because you actually come back stronger, or you come back uh, maybe not even physically, but you come back mentally stronger because you know that you've conquered that injury or you've conquered that setback. So you know, fall down, get up. There's a million cliches I could probably say right now, but um, yeah, I think I think my goal is to improve my own mental health and keep my own cup or bucket full, and I want to see uh, more human interaction in the world. I'm going to take your words and say yes to all. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah, well, the help you again. You guys get you guys carry so much of our shit. I'm so glad to always hear any of like my varsity humans going to do for themselves, mental health coaches, physical therapies, any of it because the leaders, the frontline workers, like the ones out there, and that really is you guys. You carry so much of it. So thank you for sharing that vulnerability. I've been working with. I've I've always done therapies and most of it's because of my work. And then as I've gotten older, it's like, you know, universe is actually dragging you through this because you probably wouldn't do it yourself. But anytime, just like continue to be a competitor. Like you always want to have a coach, a leader, um, a therapist guiding you in the journey. It's such a privilege to have that. So I really appreciate you sharing that. And I hope that if you're a varsity human health and mental wellness and physical game, if they're seeking it, you know, all of us should also be seeking that guidance. And if you have access to it, it truly is a privilege. Um, and it's something you that. get to do, not you have to do. Right. And I mean, it really is. I mean, it can be expensive and stuff, but any coaching shout out to my coach I'm working now with longtime, really great friend, Jessica Crow and her business. We've done doing a lot of business, but a lot of it's personal because it works together. And it's so phenomenal to have like a teammate in the game and keep my edges sharp and, and just stay in it. Um, God, and I, I really got a second your conversation about getting off the phone, especially if you're in an environment where there's like-minded humans sitting right next to you. I've made so many lifelong friends at DSR that I still keep in touch with to this day. And even if we don't talk all the time, we're so similar in our mindset and our goals. Um, it, it's it's just awesome. So man, I hope that goal, I hope you can uh, shake that up because everybody in there that's not communicating and kind of like, you know, just chatting to each other, it's such a major miss because I've experienced that firsthand. Yeah, no, I... Yeah, you summed it all up great. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love that you're out there kind of like guiding the ship. Steve, where where do we find you? Hashtags, websites, anything you want to share? Everything. Um, DenverSportsRecovery.com is our website. We're on every social media handle. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, our Instagram is probably our most uh, active. Um, and that's just at Denver Sports Recovery. We're located in the low high, so the lower Highlands neighborhood of uh, downtown Denver, right by like Little Man Ice Cream is right down the street, Zuni Brewery, we're on kind of Spear and 29. Um, and we're open seven days a week. Our, uh, again, appointment-based services are on kind of one side, and then the recovery center is walk-in basis. So we're open nine to nine um, on weekdays, and then noon to five on weekends. So chances are, uh, if you want to come in, we're probably open. We're open a lot. And then if you just come in and mention turmeric and tequila, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, just mention that. And then we'll figure out our services are kind of all over the board. So we'll do some sort of discount at the very least. Um, I know KO, you love the cryo. So if you come in and mention turmeric and tequila, you get a free cryo session. Oh, um, damn. Okay. Or a free day pass, uh, to the recovery center. 
Yeah. Well, thank you. I didn't even, we didn't even discuss that. I didn't even ask you that. So I appreciate you providing that. I think that's amazing. The cryo is the best. Thank we appreciate you. you. <laughs> yeah. And if, you know, if Denver, obviously it's Denver sports recovery out here in Denver, um, find a recovery center near you. And if you're traveling through and, you know, Denver, obviously you have a huge hub drop in for a day. I know travelers have come in before. I really encourage you if you're, if you're traveling or you can have some extra time, go in and go see these guys. It's really, really worth it. And I bet if there's something in your city, they'll know where to kind of point you if you really enjoy it. For sure. That's the cool part. We have 30 people that call this place home, uh, or at least their work, not home, but um, who come from all walks of life all over the, the state and all over the country. So we got some connections. Um, give us a shout. Message us. I run the Instagram, so message us on there if you have any questions. Um, and yeah, hope to see you in soon. I love it. And I, I do want to make one final point. Um, when you, you touched on equality and diversity and everything, that's obviously a major conversation in turmeric and tequila because um, the pop culture is pushing so many like singular narratives. Long story short, if I, I'm so here for uh, life skills through sports. And when you are in a situation like sports or recovery centers, you are amongst people at such an equalizer that you probably never would have crossed paths with. You can have completely different income levels, sexual orientation, missions in life, like so many different things, but you kind of have this commonality of you're kind of there to become a better person. And it's such a beautiful equalizer. Um, so get off your phone and, and get to know somebody that's so different than you, but probably like similar mindset and core values um, yes. and a mission-driven human. Yes. Love it. Thank you so, so, so much for having me on. I appreciate it. And happy new year. Yes. Happy new year, Steve. I appreciate you. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.